Hi, my name is Jen Rulon, and you may know me as Coach Jen. After knocking out 15 Ironman triathlons, I am an everyday healthy human just like you. In this podcast, we will discuss how to metamorphosize into an everyday healthy human through healthy physical habits and mindsets, as well as authentic living. Let's transform together in this journey called life and become the best everyday healthy human ever. Hello, hello, everybody, and welcome to the Everyday Healthy Human Podcast. I am your host, Jen Rulon, but you may know me on the gram as Coach Jen. Well, today I have a very exquisite guest who I saw her bio on Podmatch and I thought, I need to get this woman on my podcast because I think one, we have a lot in common, but two, her story is incredible and her name is Fitz Kohler. She is the owner of Fitzness, not fitness, Fitzness. So Fitz, welcome to the Everyday Healthy Human Podcast. Thank you, thank you, Day. Thank you, Day. Jennifer, thanks for having me. Can you, I mean, I could sit there and read your bio, but can you give everybody that two-minute elevator speech of who you are, and then we'll really dig deep. Yeah. Uh, so I'm a few things. The heart and soul of who and what I am is a fitness expert. Uh, I've been teaching since I was 15, and I've earned a master's in exercise and sports sciences and helping people live better and longer by making fitness understandable, attainable, and fun is always number one on my agenda. Uh, so that's that's the knowledge base and the passion of who I am. But I work in a variety of ways. So I do a ton of corporate keynote speaking. So I blah, blah, blah to large audiences, usually live, sometimes virtual, both, you know, same opportunity to connect with people. I'm a professional race announcer. So I am the very noisy voice of massive running events around the country, like Los Angeles Marathon, Buffalo Marathon, Fargo, Big Sur, and so forth, which I love. I love getting to support our athletes and some of the athletes are super fast world champions and some of them are morbidly obese and they, they walk real slow the whole time. And those are actually more of my favorites. I love the back of the pack. I love the legless veterans. I love, you know, everybody from start to finish they're winners in my book because they are committed to that thing. I wish everybody would commit themselves to, which is health and fitness. So uh, I do that. I'm the author of the cancer comeback series. So my three books, in the last few years are your healthy cancer comeback, my noisy cancer comeback, and the healthy cancer comeback journal. And those books are uh, enhancing the lives of cancer patients and survivors worldwide. Well, welcome. I mean, what an incredible introduction. And obviously, you're very comfortable in front of an audience and, and uh, speaking engagements. So talk a little bit about how you started in the fitness space. I mean, at 15, that's pretty monumental, like to know that this is what you wanted to do. So talk a little bit about that. Yeah. So I had actually had major knee surgery after a soccer tackle and uh, went to physical therapy. And after recovering from that, the PT told my mom, you need to get her to a gym or she's going to re-injure this knee. So my mom actually lied. She said I was 16, but I was really only 14. And I joined Spa Lady in Tamarack or, yeah, Margate, Florida. 
And I, I just started going all the time and I fell in love with it. I really actually liked physical therapy, thought I might want to be a physical therapist, but I did not want to touch people's yucky parts, like uh, scab, scars, goo. No, thank you. I'm, I'm very squeamish. So that was out. But when I went to the gym, I got the same vibe of helping people in fitness. And I thought the instructors were super cool. So after leaving my job at Cinnabon in the mall, I applied at Spa Lady and they said, well, uh, why do you want to work here? And I said, well, I've been working out here and I really love it. And uh, I've learned a lot about the human body during and after my surgery. And I just like helping people. And they said, well, uh, can you teach a class? And I said, well, I could try. They said, well, let's do it Friday. It was Tuesday that I had the interview. So in three days, I had to become a fitness instructor. And so I practiced some routine in my bedroom and I showed up to my first class. And I told those people, I said, hey, uh, you know, this is my first class. I'm going to do my best. Give me your honest feedback when we're done. And the class actually went great. I probably had 30 women in the class. It was a low impact dance aerobics type thing. And, you know, I got great feedback, which encouraged me to keep going. And from there, I taught at the University of Florida. I took a summer to teach on a fancy cruise ship in Europe. I came back from that cruise and I uh, auditioned for a, a fitness TV show and I was hired. And that was a big, uh, big turning point where I went from, uh, well, I had two aha moments there. One was that my skills were transferable. So I wasn't just good at teaching to a live audience. I could do the same work to a camera, which is very different. And then also the response I got from strangers wherever I went you know, having people reach out and say, I've lost 17 pounds. I love you. Or my back doesn't hurt. Thank you. I was just really impacted by the ability to impact the masses. And so that's really where I turned my career. I left the, I left the gym setting by the time I was 21. I haven't done that in a very long time. Everything I do is to impact tons of people. So TV, radio, books, magazines, uh, online content, however I can impact the masses I do. Uh, and I believe even more than I did back then, you know, the more fitness has impacted my own life and those around me and those I've supported. It's just, I'm a true believer and I'm one of those passionate fitness weirdos and, you know, no gimmick free, no pills, no powders, no diets, no nothing, just nuts and bolts, exercise and healthy food and sleep and removing the cranky people. And, uh, but it's just so rewarding to see people live better and live longer. So yeah. And, and you're right. It's not that magic pill that people want. It's, it's hard work. It's grit. It's dedication. It's, you know, people are like, Oh, I don't have time. I'm like, bullshit. Yeah, you do. You know, and, and if it's important to you, you'll make time. If not, then you'll be doing something else. And that's okay. If not, you will suffer the consequences. They will that's come. True. They will come. So later on in life. Exactly. Exactly. Or earlier, you never know. And that's the thing. You know, why take that chance, right? Right. So, sure, here you're fit, you're fit, you're healthy, you're eating, you're getting rid of the cranky, the noise, all that stuff. All of a sudden, you get that C word. That's right. That's right. So in 2019, six, seven, after a sparkling clean mammogram, after the clean mammogram, I found a lump. And uh, took immediate action, picked up the phone immediately. And within about a week, I had the doctor appointments and then the mammogram and the ultrasound and the biopsy. And I got a call from a surgeon that said, I'm so sorry, Fitz, but you, that mass in your breast is breast cancer and it's already spread to your lymph nodes and it's spreading through you like wildfire. 
So we need to treat you aggressively and instantly. Let's go. And I said, all right, let's go. And, uh, you know, the question is, how? How someone like me? And the, the answer is, well, how those babies, like all the infants in the hospital with cancer, what did they do? They didn't do anything. And so a lot of our behavior is causational, resulting in cancer. There's a lot of things we could point to, overexposure to the sun and cigarettes and alcohol and things like that. But then some of us, who knows, you know? Um, who knows? I don't have it in my family. It happened and and sitting around mulling over why me wasn't going to, uh, wasn't going to fix anything. So I just started taking action. How old were you when that happened? I think 42. Okay. American, especially North American women need to know it's one in eight of us. So if you go to lunch with a bunch of girlfriends, look around, it's at least one of you. If you go to lunch with a big group, it's two of you or more. And uh, they start, they recommend mammograms starting at 40. I can tell you that I know so many women who have been diagnosed before 40 and self-exams, there are no age limits to that. So these are your hands. This is your stuff. You are more than welcome and encouraged to grope yourself every day of the week. Get your cell phone out on Wednesday morning. Oh, you know, whenever you normally wake up, put in your, your calendar for 10 minutes after wake up time, squeeze your stuff. And then you do your exam. And if you see something, you feel something, say something. Uh, we really have to take full responsibility for our own health and start looking for it. You know, the medical, I, I know so many of them are doing their best, but they're, they're managing ex- radiation exposure and insurance costs with those exams. So don't rely on them exclusively, rely on yourself. Exactly. So somebody, let's say, for example, somebody finds a lump in their breast and they're scared to go. They're scared to make that call because they don't want to know that answer, right? So here's the easy answer is breast cancer is terrifying, cancer of any sort, terrifying. And I certainly was uh, brought to my knees by this disease. I was petrified not only about losing my life, but I thought I was going to lose my children's life. That was the hardest part. Um, But what I can tell you is uh, treating stage one or two cancer is a whole hell of a lot easier and less scary than treating stage four. So if you think you're going to pull an ostrich, put your head in the sand, and it's just going to go away, you are setting yourself up for an exponentially greater amount of suffering and uh, abuse. So uh, just you can't do it. You can't do it. And if I have to poke you in the chest through the computer and say, dummy, go see a doctor. I mean, if your car, if the light went on in your car, or smoke started billing out of your hood, you go see a mechanic. This is your life. And it's not only your life, it's those around you you'll be losing. You know, if I died, I would have missed out on all these wonderful, magical moments Ginger and Parker were going to have. And I just wasn't willing to uh, sacrifice that wave. So, uh, so yes, uh, cancer's scary. And I get, I get it. I cried every day for 15 months during my treatment. And right there, that's what we wanted to hear. Because yeah, here fine. you are, this person, you're like, I got all this energy. I'm fit. I'm like... But you just, you were vulnerable. And that's what we want to hear these days because I don't want the bullshit of being like, oh my God, life is perfect. I have, you know, yes, I got cancer, but like she's being honest. But but this is the thing is, uh, and Jen, you have the same thing. My job is to compel people to action. And so, you know, when I wrote this book, I got into all the gory details, all of them. If you want to hear about suffering and and then also comical experiences during cancer, I traveled the country announcing races, keynoting, wall ball, wall gray, and the, sh- the shit that happened to me was freaking bonkers. Um, so yeah, I cried every day. If you want to talk about real, I've got scars. I've got horror stories. 
However, what's real right now is coming from an actual expert. You need to get it done. You can't let fear stand between you and a cure, you know, you and the rest of your life. And I do know people that just, they just put it off and then the consequences are deadly. So there's nothing perfect about me. I am a very real human. There has been a lot of trauma and a lot of tears and a lot of fear. And, uh, and then a lot of me rebuilding myself and using that inner strength to talk myself through those scary moments. And I found out early, so early, I had this crazy MRI experience, but I found out that if I wanted to survive, I was going to have to do things that terrify me. And so I did, you know, every day I sat down for those needle pokes and I probably had 400 needles poked through me at least. I, I, I was so scared, but I would say, you can do this. I would say, you've built a global business. You raised two great children. You used to be a competitive kickboxer. You can do hard things. And so every single time I sat down for something scary, I coach myself up instead of talking myself down. And that's really where people screw up. They say, mm-hmm. oh, I'm not good enough, or I have big thighs, or I have wrinkles, or F that. Why don't you be your own damn best friend? And so your best friend gets you to the doctor to find out if you do or do not have cancer or MS or whatever it is. And then, you know, that same voice in your head has to carry you through and she's still there. And I tell you what, I can, sometimes I stand in front of 25,000 people on race day, right? And they say, okay, who's feeling a little nervous, whatever race distance and all these hands go up. And then I say, okay, I get that. However, cancer is scary. Tornadoes are scary. Going 3.1 or 26.2 miles with a bunch of cool people, not scary. So start evaluating the things that you chicken out of and you fear, you know, compared to what, <laughs> compared to what it may not really be scary. So, um, so yeah, I'm, I'm very human, but I'm also very pointed because I want people to do better and take good. Take an initiative with the cancer. Now that's just the same thing, just like fitness. Yeah. Same thing like fitness or your health or whatever. It's those habits that you have to start doing daily to help you long-term. And that's something that I talk to my followers a lot about is that start developing those habits now because it's only going to help you in the long run. You know what? Yes, yes. And on the on the even more intense scale, as I tell folks, prepare your body to do battle today because you never know exhibit A, when illness or injury will strike, right? So for me, cancer, you may get struck by lightning. You may get hit by a bus. And I tell you what, your recovery is going to be so much more effective and quick if you are fit and strong going into your crisis. If you're sitting around being lazy and you allow your body to become immobile and stiff and weak and you have no stamina and then you'll get hit by a bus, good luck to you, man. You know, I mean, you've got to pick yourself up from something and um, even though I went through extreme hardship, it was so much less awful than it could have slash would have been had I not been committed to health and fitness. So don't wait for a doctor to look you in the eye and say, you've got cancer or you have ALS, because at that point, all you want is health. There's nothing else that's a priority. There's nothing is a priority other than your health. So prioritize it now, and then hopefully it will carry you through and pass the crap. I love it. I love it. Can you share... Somebody that you worked with that really metamorphosized into their own beautiful butterfly through your work. Oh gosh, I mean, so many, so many. One of my favorites is this uh, man, Timothy Powell, and he came to me probably 
like eight, nine years ago, I have an online training group. It's called the Hottie Body Fitness Challenge. It's a Facebook group. And basically, I teach people how to eat the right amount of the right food for the size they want to be. And then every single day, I give them workouts. It's all free. And it's just this supportive group of thousands of people. And so Tim was, uh, I think he was 400 pounds when he joined the group. He had had an, another, a friend of his from college that was being successful, brought Tim in. And he was just really insecure and he was not in the right career and he wasn't dating. He was just kind of lonely and so forth. And we got Tim exercising daily. He was a guy who woke up at like 3.30 in the morning, went to the gym. He stuck with my exact formula for weight loss. Tim has lost over 200 pounds. And not only that, but he's a trainer now. He's a fitness trainer. What? That melts my heart that he is, you know, I mean, really, that's that's not only life-changing, but life-saving weight loss. He's He's been dating. He had a long-term girlfriend. He's had a few different jobs that are great. I don't know if he's he's found the complete end goal, but he's a personal trainer now. And it just, you know, what a, what a beautiful story. And he's just such a decent guy. And so to watch this wonderful, he's a young man. He's maybe 30-something to watch him, you know, gather his life. And at 400-something pounds, he was comfortable being the butt of the joke and he was comfortable being left out and he was comfortable drinking too much. And um, now he's just really renewed his, his whole world. That's it. It's impressive. That's impressive. That's fantastic. So for those that are feeling stuck that you can't get past that, whatever that, that block, like it, it's all about how you want it. If you want to make it happen, if it's important to you, you'll make it happen. Where, where are you located? You're Florida. Gainesville, Florida. Gainesville, Florida. Okay. But you're online, obviously. Yes. I yes. sure am. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about uh, the three books? Like, can we find them on Amazon? Yeah. So they're all, like, there's a cookbook out there too. So, but, you know, mine, mine, I'm going to show to I'm going to do show and tell. So my noisy cancer, this one's the memoir. This is my wild ride around America, bald and gray and having also miraculous moments that I just hard to describe. And, and I go through all the funny, all the weird, all the bizarre stuff with cancer care. Nobody talks about because there is all that stuff. And so the comments I get from this book is you made me cry, but I laughed a whole lot more in there. That makes me very happy. But really the thing that I'm most committed to right now is this book, your healthy cancer comeback, sick to strong. So when I, uh, I was, I had 15 months of chemo and along the way, I had 33 rounds of radiation and I had surgery. And so it was, about, I think, six months after I started chemo, I had lost a ton of weight and uh, I had lost a ton of strength because of surgery and put forth. I'm still doing the stuff that I could, but I was in a pretty bad state. And it was about the time where my mom, she was pleading with me. She, she saw me looking like a little skeleton and she was worried. So she said, you need to eat. You look like you're in the Holocaust. And I thought... Thanks, mom. Thank you. I'm trying really hard here. It's it's not easy. So I get done with surgery and my doctor releases me to go back and do more vigorous exercise. And so I go into the gym and I sit down on the machine. I put the pin in where it used to be and I push and basically nothing happens. I lower the pin, nothing. And, and what I found at that point, I had to lower the pin 80%. So I was only lifting 20% of what I had previously been able to push, pull, press, you know. And uh, at that moment, I thought, oh, God, I mean, this is really, this is some pretty devastating information I'm looking at. Um, so 
I, I would understand if someone like me would just burst into tears, get in their car, go home, cry, give up. But I am a fitness expert. And so as I sat there as a, a weak little skeleton, I thought, well, I know how to rebuild my body. I'm totally going to get back to strength and stamina and vibrancy. And I never had a doubt. I never had a doubt, even though it was horrifying to look at myself in the mirror. But at that same time, I thought about my peers, you know, the millions of cancer patients worldwide and survivors that have been brutalized by their treatment or their disease, and they have zero idea how in God's earth they are going to rebuild their body. And when I looked, there were no resources. And I, what I can tell you, Jen, is that most oncologists and their nurses will tell a patient, you should continue exercising and eating right through treatment because the studies show it's proven that exercise and nutrition will make you more likely to reach remission, less likely to have a recurrence. So this is like power within your own hands to help save your own life on top of the Western medicine. However, none of them tell a patient how to do it. They say, go do that. You want to talk about an obstacle? Right. <laughs> cardio during chemo while puking, you know, so this is the answer. And I'm so proud of this book. You know, as far as nutrition goes, there's a whole chapter on foods that help versus foods that hurt. It's all science-based, simplifies it because Pete, there's a lot of rumors going around. It's very confusing. And then there's hundreds of photos in the everything exercise section. Look at you. And um, this is the part that really makes me happy. So let's say cancer and any type of cancer, not just breath, has got you stuck in a chair. All right, well, here's a whole bunch of exercises oh, you can do great. while seated. And then if you're like me and you're super sick, you have a lot of bed days, here are things you can do in bed. Stretches and strength training exercise. Because as we know, if you do, if uh, you know, your aunt Sue, she's going to be like, you just need to rest. Don't exercise. That's crazy. Well, the reality is if you don't exercise at all and all you do is stay in bed, you're going to lose muscle mass. You're going to lose strength. You're going to lose stamina flexibility. And worst of all, you're going to lose balance. And that makes you more likely to fall down. And who wants cancer and a broken hip? That's an answer. Nobody's yeah. going to say yes to. No. Um, I've got extra stretches to do in the shower. So again, when you're sick a lot, you jump in the shower. And then of course, balance training. And the book is filled with guidance on how to manage training during radiation, during chemo, how to get back once you're done with treatment. And then of course, complementary care, which would be acupuncture, mental health counseling, sexual health counseling, and so on. And then I'm going to be real quick. This one's the Healthy Cancer Comeback Journal, and it's not blank pages. It is jam-packed with the most fun prompts ever. And, you know, a cancer is sad and is scary, but it also is kind of funny. So besides putting in your diagnosis and treatment details and your cathartic stuff about your friends and your faith and your family, there's prompts like, uh, you know, what celebrity do you look like bald? For me, it was crazy Britney Spears. And that's why we were like, you just look just like crazy Britney Spears. And I would say, thanks. Oh, <laughs> Thank thanks, you. I think. Uh, thanks. I mean, I got a lot of interesting things. And then, you know, having nicknamed your tumor. And the last hundred pages of this is, again, full color, but it's a place to log your, um, your exercise, your nutrition, your water, your sleep. And then, of course, strawberry moments, which are the best parts of every day. And you know, again, going to that mental health, you have to force in the joy sometimes. And mm -hmm. even on your worst days, something wonderful happens. So that's what that Healthy Cancer Comeback Journal is about. So but the books are at Amazon and Barnes & Noble. I love it when people shop at fitness.com and I incentivize it. I, I sign every book ordered at fitness.com personally and private to 
you know, hopefully we're gifting these to our favorite cancer patient or survivor. And then I, I throw in a free gift and I wrap it with pretty packaging. So love it. What I would love to, I would love to be a runner at one of your races too, but where can people find you online? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So fitness.com is my home base for everything. If you're just listening and not staring at my logo, it's F-I-T-Z, N as in Nancy, E-S-S.com. Everything's there. Tons of free content, free videos, recipes, you name it. There's a, a, it's just packed with info to help you live better and longer, plus the books. And then I am at fitness on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, uh, LinkedIn, just, and, and, and here's the deal. I promise to continue to work hard to provide quality content if you follow me. However, I would much rather have friends than followers. So please reach out, use a comment section and say, hey, I heard you on Jen's podcast and I wanted to connect because that's meaningful to me. I love it. I love it. I know. I, I sometimes people are like, oh, you have this many followers. I'm like, I really don't care. Like if, if I'm not getting engagement, if I'm, people aren't reaching out and saying hi, like, you know, people are like, oh my God, you responded to me. I'm like, well, yeah, of course I'm going to respond to you. That's, that's what community is about. You know, like if I could reach out to my followers, by all means, I, I totally agree. Last final question for you. So in my podcast, metamorphosis is very big as we all transition into that beautiful butterfly. What tip could would you give somebody that is transitioning into their their metamorphosis and and really becoming their own beautiful butterfly? Yeah, so I think we're all going to be hopefully, if we're doing things right, stuck in that metamorphosis stage for life. You know, it's a, it's constantly making progress. And what I hope people would do is just aim aim for 1%, you know? Every day you get up, you try to be 1% better. You're not trying to be what you who you were in high school or the thing you want to be three down, three years down the road. Today, you're going to increase your, uh, your cardiovascular capacity 1% or your strength 1% or your skincare, right? There's all sorts of things that we can do for ourselves to make ourselves better and, um, you know, I'm really proud of where I've come. I, I don't know if I'm that butterfly yet, but I am aiming for that, you know? So yeah, 1% better in as many categories as you can each day. I love it. I love it. I feel like I've, I've transitioned into many butterflies and that butterfly has died. And then I, I've got, I keep going back. I keep growing. And so, yeah, that's how I, I, how I see the metamorphosis that I've I've grown and that's, you know, that butterfly has died and, and she's moving on to something else. So, you know, it's hilarious. Hey, I love, I love that what you just said, but to me in my mind, I was like, maybe I'm more like a snake <laughs> and I just keep shedding that outer layer. She, uh, you, right. You keep shedding that skin. That's it. Right? You're the butterfly and I'm the snake. <laughs> there you go. I love it. I love it, Fitz. Well, thank you so much for being on the Everyday Healthy Human podcast. That was incredible. And I hope my followers really connected with Fitz and her story and her vulnerability. And we will put all of that information in the show notes. So don't hesitate on uh, reaching out to myself or her if you haven't figured out where to find us. Thank you. Thanks, Jen. If you are loving the Everyday Healthy Human podcast, you know what to do. Give us a five-star rating. Make a comment. Share with your friends. Because in Costa Rica, what do I say? I say, pure vida, y'all. Ciao.